she's always been the type of person that just says things and she just speaks her mind. I guess that has a little bit to do with not having a formal education. everybody, welcome to episode 47 of The Body Serve. I'm Jonathan. And I'm James. And we're coming to you with our Wimbledon preview episode. Our Wimbledon preview. <laughs> it's been, what, like three weeks, four weeks since the French Open? I don't even know. I kept thinking that we had like a full month in between tournaments, but I guess they've expanded it to three weeks, right? We also were super busy in between. Yeah, so, I was rather caught off guard. <laughs> we did have an, a little bit of a break, but it didn't feel like it. No, we were in central New York, in Ithaca, where we went to school for a gay wedding. Our very first one. Our first gay wedding. It was fabulous. It was my best friend from, well, from first grade, basically. And it was amazing. And coming right after the events in Orlando, it was a much needed respite. Yeah. That's all we'll say on that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get right into it. This The draws came out today. And on the back of Brexit happening in the UK, it kind of felt like nothing really at all. <laughs> you right. know, like the draws were definitely secondary in tennis Twitter world today. Yeah. So who do you see Brexiting early? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not a laughing matter. It really is. And isn't. I want to express my empathy and compassion for our British listeners, because being American, I know how the will of the people, the mob mentality, can really fuck over a lot of people. This is why we don't have referenda on big issues like this. I mean, I lived through many states uh, deciding whether or not gay people could be married by a popular vote. We don't live in pure democracy for a reason, you know? In our regular lives, we know how many extremely stupid people we know. <laughs> and so the idea that we should decide the happenings of our personal lives based on the will of these stupid people is just mm. mind-blasting to me. And it shows you the the power and the influence of white nationalism in mm -hmm. Britain. It's not just America. No. You know, they were able to take over the right wing. Old, white, bigoted people are just supposed to die and generational change happens. And yet this referendum just empowered them. And this is what happened, right? But did you see the numbers? Like, young people voted the split is overwhelmingly. Crazy. I yeah. mean, it was very, very stark. Which makes me wonder what was the actual turnout for young people if right. the percentages were so great in favor of Remain from young people. Poor Scotland. Yeah, seriously. They have been double-fucked this year. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Maybe they'll get an Andy Murray title as yeah, some okay. kind of consolation. Hopefully he'll drape himself in the Scottish flag, not the British. <laughs> <laughs> Number 22 is on offer again. Do you see it happening? Who's going to stop it? Oh, oh, we're going right in. Right into it. Um, I, re I know we always start with Serena because... In women's tennis, that's what people care about. She is the axis on which the tennis world, at least on the WTA, <laughs> turns. You know, we left the prediction game a long time ago, and I generally think it's bad luck to make predictions for my favorites. 
So I will say that Serena has a tough draw, but not an impossible draw. We've seen a lot tougher. Mm-hmm. Of all the the Australian Open, French Open, and Wimbledon, this is the most confident of Serena's chances I've been. Simply okay. because I like to to listen to what the camp is saying. Mm-hmm. I think it's very instructive when it comes to Serena. And while Patrick Maratoglu needs to shut the fuck up and calm down and have several <laughs> seats, and we'll get to that later on. Right. Some of the stuff that he said about Serena and what's been going on with her and her current frame of mind, and also those videos that Serena released post the French Open, letting us know that she is pissed that she let <laughs> another chance go. Yeah. Leads me to believe that she's in a good frame of mind and feeling more confident. And it is grass after all. Right. I mean... She feels at home at this tournament. It's a Williams family playground, you know, over yeah. the past Ele- 15, yeah, 20 years. They've won 11 of the last 16 Wimbledons. <laughs> right. Um, so I think that she's probably super motivated. I don't think she wants to go into the U.S. Open not holding any Grand Slam titles. I think that's probably a big motivator for her. Yeah. And then also having to relive the whole Vinci drama again which will be much more fresh if she goes in without having 22. You know, like that stain on her year will be that Mm -hmm. much more pronounced. Imagine the weight that will be lifted if she gets the record here and gets seven Wimbledons. Yeah. That would, I believe, tie Steffi. Steffi has seven, Martina has nine. Yes. You know, I mean, everything she does now is tying or breaking records. So that has to be a big motivator. She has Christina McHale in the second round, potentially Heather Watson, or Christina Mladenovic in the third round. Which, if it's Kiki again in the third round, that's a rematch of their French Open third mm-hmm. round. And I think that Kiki could be dangerous on grass, and we saw her big strokes and shot-making ability at the French. Mm-hmm. And Watson would be a, a rematch of a couple of years ago too, right? Last year. It was last yeah. year? I don't know if I see Watson making it to the third round again if she has to face Mladenovic. She's got that home crowd thing going on that's always a an, an etc. boost right. when it comes to these Grand Slams, so who knows? And we, we did see her play in Toronto, and she has a lot of game, but she does lack kind of, what is it, like the cohesion? <laughs> you know, being able to put all of these gifts together. That etc. thing that makes good players great. Right. Going beyond that, I don't really know how instructive it is to <laughs> look that far ahead because we just don't know. I looked at, I did some research on first rounds. For the French Open, I did this article where I, I talked about unexpected first round matches, especially when you look back on them years afterward. You're mm-hmm. like looking through the draws and you're like, wow, that happened? Say, if it's Steffi Graf's first match and you don't know that she's going to be Steffi Graf, but then she plays Navratilova. Right. You're like, wow, you know? Who knew? But doing that, I discovered that at no Wimbledon since 1979 have the top eight seeds all made the quarterfinals. Never? Never. Not since 1979. And so, shit's gonna happen. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Well, do you have candidates for who that's gonna be? I mean, there's one glaring one in Serena's uh, section. Section or Or quarter? Quarter, Quarter? For me, that's Coco. Oh. Oh, well, I was going to say Vinci. 
Oh, I mean, do we even need to talk about that? <laughs> I mean, like, that first-round loss is going to happen. Uh, yeah, to Allison Risk, who's a grass court specialist. She's already made a final this grass court season. I believe it was in Nottingham against Pliskova. Mm. And Vinci's just been losing first-round left, right, and center. Yeah. And it seems to be a tandem event with Irani on the same day. <laughs> so maybe we have that to look forward yeah. to again. She's not making it out of the first round. There's no way. But in terms of you know, women who could come out of that section, that quarter, I would eh, not be surprised to see Coco have a repeat of her quarterfinal appearance last year. That's one of the the sucky parts of somebody like Coco having a breakout run last year. Mm -hmm. She comes in and I look at the draw and I'm like, oh, you know, this looks good. But, you know, if you don't make the fourth round, at least you're losing all these points and all that good work is undone, you know? Even if the fourth round is a very good result for her. Yeah. You know? I mean, her game just translates so well to grass. Like, she is very difficult to beat on the surface. And so I really, I wouldn't be surprised to see her in the quarters again. The other threats in her little section are Bachinsky. Yeah. And, I mean, there's Pudenseva, who, I don't know if she can get her mind together to win one match. There's Risk, who is another American grass court specialist, it seems. But, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Coco was there. For Serena's to face. So this is the top half of the women's draw, mm-hmm. or the ladies' singles, <laughs> as Wimbledon likes to say. In that second quarter, who do you have making some noise? Oh, well, you know what? I know a lot you of people... You are so shady. You what? have it... You're, I'm, we're looking at our draws right <laughs> now, and so we write it out to see who would be the fourth and quarter yeah, final like who are people. The seeded. Yeah, you know, based on their seeds. And you have Vinci for the fourth round, playing her up to her seed. That's where she should be, based on her seed. And above it, you have R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I don't expect her to be there, but I'm not really no, but sure that is to fill shady in. as fuck. This is my own personal draw. <laughs> I wasn't gonna publish it, okay? So in the in the second quarter, this is okay. This quarter is wild and really unpredictable. And I know that a lot of people don't have faith in Petra right now because she's not really playing that well. I think she made the 16s in um, whatever tournament playing now. Eastbourne? Yeah, Eastbourne's okay. playing now. <laughs> there are all these small British cities that I really just can't remember. Oh, and before you add me, I realize that Birmingham is a very large city, so don't. <laughs> I know it's not a small town, okay? Uh, but I actually, I'm going with Petra with her history at Wimbledon. I think she can sort of, like, catch fire at this tournament. I'm going with Miss Radwanska. Or, as I like to say, Agaragawanska. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, that's just how it always sounds in my head. (laughs) (laughs) I think she's done with this French French Open clay court bullshit. Mm. And she's clearly more comfortable on the grass. She made the semis last year. And... We know going down low on a tennis court <laughs> is her thing, and you need oh, to right. do that on grass. Aside from that, I don't really understand why she's comfortable on grass. Yeah. You know, I don't get it. There's it but no... her game just works very well on the surface. A lot of it is just comfort. Maybe comfort a coach levels. can can call me and explain why. <laughs> <laughs> but you know who else is in there? Sibulkova yep. has managed to have very good results yep. at the tune-up events mm-hmm. for the French and Wimbledon. So she is lurking. 
And she is a big threat to Radwanska. There's Garcia in there, Kanta, Puig, and possibly the uh, Quebecois. Oh. What's her name again? <laughs> she of the jumpsuit variety. <laughs> but, you know, the other day she said Florida was her home, so... She's showing solidarity with the Orlando victims. Is that the Pinty's home base? <laughs> that is so rude. No, actually, the Pinty's home base is in Mississauga, Ontario, because oh. we drive by it on the QEW. <laughs> <laughs> and every single time we pass it, I say, oh my god, I wonder if Jeannie's there. Monica Puig is playing really well. And so mm-hmm. that's a real tough first round with Joanna Canto, who just lost moments before we went to air mm-hmm. in the Eastbourne semifinal. Garcia just won a tournament. Yeah. A grass tournament. And Petra has to play Sorana Kirstea in the first round. That's no... Oh, I didn't even notice oh, that. Oh, look at All that. All right. All right. Benchich has Parankova in the first round. When, you know, I hope she gets better soon, Vika Azarenka, when she, mm-hmm. you know, pulled out. Because for the last week, I've just been waiting every day. Like, who's pulled out? Who's pulled out? So Venus can be the eighth seed. Right. And we thought it was going to be Benchich. Yeah. And then, a couple nights ago, I was looking at Vika's uh, Twitter. It's like, wow, she has been surprisingly inactive. Mm-hmm. You know Vika loved to tweet. Right. I was like, this, something sounds like it's not too right here. And then the very next day, she withdrew. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, Venus has the eighth seed. Watch some fresh bullshit. Watch <laughs> she get Parankova in the first round. Right. Or Lissiki in the first round. Because... Mm-hmm. The thing with Venus lately is if you catch her in the first round when she's not, you know, quite up to scratch, she can be had. Right. But lately, once she gets her teeth into a tournament, she's been able to to play more consistently. And so that was my great fear. But guess who got Peronkova in the first round instead of Venus? And for me, this is another seed who's going to go down in the first Although, Parankova is another specialist who hasn't really done that well at Wimbledon in the past few years. A specialist who did well at the French Open. Right, so, right. So she's unpredictable. I would really like to see Petkovic have a good run out oh, of that yeah. quarter because she. I feel like she's been through some things. Hasn't she suffered enough? Right. Like, let her have a good run. And so the bottom half of the draw. Okay. So this is where things get really interesting because we have Simona Halep heading up a quarter here. She's made a semi at the at Wimbledon before, so she's no slouch. Like, in general, she's just no slouch mm-hmm. at any tournament she enters. We just don't really know what to expect these days. Right. Because, well, I should clarify that she's not the four seed. She's just at the top of this fourth quarter. Uh, That's right, because Kerber yeah. is the top seed and in Kerber that quarter. And Kerber is at the bottom. And of Kerber, quarter. is that what we're yes. going by now? <laughs> You're taking cues from your queen. Right. But there are a lot of threats sort of sprinkled through this quarter. You know, there's uh, Sarah Arani. No, I'm just kidding. Oh my god. Anna Ivanovich? <laughs> just kidding. Also kidding. Plishkova, Madison Keys, there's Kerber, Halep, and I don't really know who I would pick to come out of this quarter. I know that Madison is playing well on grass, she's a big threat here, and she was a quarterfinalist last year. So... Safe money is on Madison, but Kerber is kind of an all-court player. She's won Birmingham in the past. She's got titles on clay and hard courts. You know, I could see her doing well, but I don't really know what to expect. 
she still only ever made a quarterfinal at Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go out on a limb here because I've been jonesing for Karolina Pliskova to have a breakthrough. Mm-hmm. I pegged her as one of the breakthrough players of 2016 and it just hasn't happened yet. However, she won Nottingham and she's now in the final of Eastbourne. Okay. And so I think that this draw, if she hasn't burnt herself out, right, sets her up well to make a deep run. I wouldn't be surprised if we have a keys Pliskova quarterfinal and one of the two making the semis. Mm-hmm. Now let's get to the last quarter where your beloved Venus is situated comfortably as an eight seed. Where she'll get Donna Vekic straight up, which hopefully should be pretty manageable. Yeah. I just knocked on wood. <laughs> Who she, I don't know if she and Stan just officially came out, but they were. No, they, she's been at all his They matches. were photographed. No, yeah. but they were photographed at the Wimbledon Players Party together. Oh. I don't know if I've seen that before. I mean, they've, they're together. Like, it's, Well, yeah, it's a we thing. know that, but I guess. What does coming out mean in this instance? Well, I don't know. They're going to parties together and being photographed. It's different than like going to his matches and sitting in the box. Anyway. I don't think so. Anyway, I mean, I don't know if Stan is to blame, but since they've been together, her career has been in the shitter. So I don't see any sort of threat to Venus. Listen, just cut this shit <laughs> before you speak something really untoward into Okay, fine. reality, okay? Alright. But going off that, look at Venus's section. We have Kazakina is the seed she would face in the third round. Which I would like for that to happen, and I would like Venus to deliver an almighty beatdown. Right. Because Kazakina beat Venus in her first match of the year in Auckland, if you will recall. I do recall, actually. And Kazakina's gone on to rise pretty steadily throughout the course of the year. More power to her. Mm -hmm. But now is payback time. (laughs) And so then we have JJ, who's had a really bad year. There's Suarez Navarro, who... Is always tricky, but I don't really remember how well she plays on grass, to be honest. And then getting all the way down to Muguruza, to me, these are all beatable players. Stolzer, Svitolina, Lucy Safajova. Absolutely, but she gets Georgie in the first round. Muguruza. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) Muguruza has played one match since winning the French Open, which he did in Mallorca, Mm -hmm. and lost in straight sets. And now she gets Georgie straight up. It's no cakewalk. Right. And, you know, I've seen some write-ups about how, you know, Muguruza is just playing so well that she could win the French Wimbledon double. And I just want to remind tennis commentators out there that she actually had a very shit year until the French. So she's she played incredibly well, better than anyone in the world. During Roland Garros. But where are the receipts from yeah, the rest of the year? we said that before. I said I know, that I before know. the French Open and look what happened. Right. So, I mean, she clearly has the pedigree. Certainly she does. And then some. Yeah. And she's a finalist from last year. I would not be surprised to see her in that final again. And Serena having to deal with her again. Right. Point being, there's some, there's some tricky obstacles along the way. There are some, yeah, there are definitely some obstacles. I mean, the big ones for me are Madison, Pliskova, Venus. Because if Venus gets to the quarterfinals and her her thigh is holding up pretty well, mm-hmm. we've seen how she's played on grass the last few years. She lost to Kvitova 
in one of the matches of the year in 2014. Mm-hmm. Then she lost to Serena in the fourth round last year. Those are matches that if she didn't have to play those people, like we could be talking about seven-time Wimbledon champion <laughs> Venus Williams, you right. know? She I, was playing that well. So She loves trading huge ground strokes mm-hmm. on grass. You know, she may be beaten by somebody like that, but she's not going to be blown off the court. You know, she's more likely to be beaten by somebody who employs a little more trickery, I think. And so if Venus gets to the quarter against Muguruza, I'm not that scared. It's the type of match okay. that she should have to win to go further. It's something that I might just right. boil my kettle, steep my tea, <laughs> and sit on the couch and try not to be a one big bag of nerves, mm-hmm. you know? And so potentially what's happened for the first time in a while is that we could realistically have a Serena Venus Grand Slam final. <laughs> right. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Let's move on to the men. All right. So I guess we have to start with the top seed, right? Yeah. He's the first name I see. Novak Djokovic has won four majors in a row. He's the defending Wimbledon champion. He could win the third leg of a calendar Grand Slam. So what? what's in his way? Philippe Kohlschreiber is in his way. I think he's That's a true. very tricky opponent for, for Novak on grass. And if you'll recall, he's the last player to beat Novak early in any major. And that was in like 2009 at the French, I think. And Kohlschreiber's had a resurgent year. We know he plays well on grass. Mm-hmm. There's also Milos Raonic, who could play Djokovic in the quarterfinals. He's made a semi at Wimbledon before, and he's got a super coach now, so... <laughs> he's got the McEnroe mojo in his corner, you know? That said, he had Andy Murray by the throat in that London final, mm-hmm. and, I mean, up a set and three love, having not lost serve all tournament, goes on to lose serve four times and the match in three sets. Mm-hmm. That was a bit of a choke. Uh, here's the thing with Milos, like the fact that we have to rely on him as the sort of the most likely killer of Djokovic in the quarters. It's just, it's not a very good position to be in from an anti-Novak fan. Okay, but like if Federer hasn't been able to do it, who's going to do it? Right. You know, somebody has to do it eventually. Yeah. And I think he's, it's somebody who's going to be less scarred by the battles over the years, you know, and <laughs> Raonic hasn't had those big, horrible losses like Mori has mm-hmm. in semis and finals. He's somebody who maybe will be able to push through mentally when the opportunity presents itself, even if we feel like he hasn't done that to date in his career. Mm. He's maybe. due for a breakout, and with his new coach, with his accelerated game... <laughs> <laughs> With his improved volleying, Mm. maybe this is his time. Well, that's the thing with Milos is that I don't deny that he has the game to win on grass. It's just like, I don't know if he has the killer instinct. Okay. And that's what I probably said about Muguruza until she did. So we'll see. I mean, Kevin Anderson is in there too. You know, he can prevent Raonic from getting to the quarters. He could. I just wish Kevin had a little bit more on-court time. Leading mm. into Wimbledon. Yeah. Because we saw him push uh, Novak to five sets. Yeah, It was a match that was suspended overnight. Mm-hmm. And he almost beat him. Like, he's got game, for sure, to play well on grass. But it's probably too soon to expect too much from him right now, right? Yeah, probably. And, you know, I can't tell if it's 
good fortune for Roger to be drawn in Novak's half or not. Because I think he has a better chance of beating Novak in a semi than he would in a final. I agree. But, I mean, that could also mean that Federer just loses one round earlier, you know. Well, he also has a really good draw. There's no two ways about it. He does, yeah. Especially for the form that he's coming in with. He's going to need, he might need like a few matches to get it together. I do not see Roger winning because I just don't trust his body at this point. And I don't think he's been playing enough for him to be able to handle best of five over Mm -hmm. seven matches. Right. Had this been last year and Federer got this draw, I probably would be picking him to win the tournament. Possibly, yeah. Because who do you have down there? You've got Mofis, who he could play in the fourth round. And then you've got, according to seeding, Chilich and Nishikori in the fourth round. Yeah, I actually have uh, Chilich's section down here with Nishikori. I have very soft section written. Yeah. Like, I... Look at mine. I have numbers (laughs) 33 to 64 highlighted going down and then four question marks. Right. Like, what the hell do you expect from this section? I feel like this is the best that Roger could have hoped for. Down there, like with Chilich, there's Karlovich, Koric, uh, Cuevas. I don't know. Like, I'm not even sure that Nishikori will make it past Groth in the first round. This is the kind of section that you could have somebody like Stakowski making the quarters or semifinals. Oh my god. And then that... And that would be the ultimate fuck you to us. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I know there are definitely some people rooting for that to happen. (laughs) Anyway. Nishikori has never made it past the fourth round on grass. So, well, at Wimbledon. Uh, Who's to know what he can do? You know, it's clearly his least favorite surface. He He doesn't have the preparation, though. Because he withdrew this past week. And... I don't know. I see Groth as being a very dangerous opponent if he's not totally uh-huh. ready on grass. This is one of those tournaments where Chilich makes another quarterfinal like he did last year. He's got those points to defend. Maybe makes a semifinal and you're like, okay, there he is again. I mm-hmm. feel like he's a new Berdic. Right. Because he's not someone you put your money on. Like he may make the quarterfinals and you'll forget about him the second he loses. That really was a shitty thing to say what? because Chilich actually does win, have a Grand That's Slam true. title. That's true. Damn. Like, this but is this is why I perceive still, like, him. He's the one you forget. Yeah. I forget him. Like, I forget Meredith mm. throughout much of the last 10 years. But that said, I still view Meredith as having, like, a higher pedigree and more game. So, whatever. Oh, I agree. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Chilich won the matches fair and square to win yeah. that U.S. Open. No, in this bottom half, could it get... Are you talking about team's bottom half? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I just saw his name here, so... I have written beside Dominic team's first round match. Sucks. I mean... Well, do you want to talk about uh, Meyer's tournament win? Just Sure, yeah. Rehash that a little bit? He won Hollow. Mm -hmm. It was ranked 192 in the world. He's now ranked number 80. Because he, he's come back to life after battling injuries for more than two years, on and off. Mm-hmm. He had a dream run, his second ATP Tour title. Beat Dominic Team in the semifinals. Right. And then beat Zverev. the other young gun, mm-hmm. Zverev, in the final. In a really thrilling final. Yeah, and then now they're all in the same section. I mean, like, Team and Zverev are linked. They're, you know... 
they're the two bros. Like, right. You know? But it seems like they're always facing each other. They played at the French Open, didn't they? E- yeah. Yeah. They did. And then they would have played in Halo. Ended up being Mayer beating Zverev in the final. Right. I mean... It also sucks for Florian Meyer too. Because you're now people looking at you as this great dark horse. And you, you draw the busiest man in tennis right, right. off the bat. He does have a real opportunity to knock off team who may be a little overextended. Uh-huh. You know? And if he does what he did in Hala, then all bets are off. I mean, he has such an exciting game. And I confess, I really have never seen him play before. I've only seen, like, the highlights of that Hala final. Like, I would love to see that on center corner at Wimbledon. So, assuming team gets through that match... He gets a qualifier in the second round, Sousa in the third round, and then there's that Team's Vera fourth round match, and then potentially Team Vavrinka in the quarterfinals, which if that happens, I am missing work to watch it. Oh, yeah. Or more likely losing sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? You don't work at 9 a.m. I know. The rest of that section, it's, uh, what, Tomic or Vavrinka? Who else is going to come out of there? I don't know. We, um, Bautista Agut is there, Verdasco. You know, Verdasco surprises on grass sometimes. Yeah, I, I would be surprised if it's not Vavrinka there. Because yeah. we're at the point where he just makes quarters at slams. Yeah, even on his least favored yeah. service. Who do you have coming out of that quarter? Which one? That one with Stan oh, and that team. One? Yeah. Um, I don't really know. I want to say team, but I'm just not totally confident that he's going to make a huge run here mm-hmm. i don't know i could be wrong but i would probably say stan is most likely i have team here but the thing that he struggled with against novak in that french open semi is that he needs more time than most especially off his backhand mm. and with the grass he may struggle to get that extra time okay and so i feel like maybe he could be exploited in that way against mm. the right opponent. I, I I would personally love to get to see five rounds of that backhand, right. bottom half, backside. <laughs> <laughs> Bamosing all over the place. Uh, yeah. In the final section of the men's draw, we've got Gasquet defending semifinal points. He gets Beden right off the bat, or Bedenay. Uh, I heard pronounced the I other no day. I no idea. I just assumed it was Beden, but I heard... Bedenay on air mm. the other day, so clarify for us, please. And then you have Pospisil, who is also defending quarterfinal points from last year. And poor Vashek, like sad to say, you're gonna your ranking's gonna plummet after yeah. this event. Yeah. There's uh there's Songa who could face Isner or Baghdadis in the third round. I see Songa is one of my picks. Like, I don't know if you can every have every tournament. Right, but can he be a dark horse if he's ranked 12 and was very recently in the top 10? Yeah, based on how concentrated the top half of men's tennis is. You know, there is okay. very little room for breakthroughs. Okay, so he's my dark horse. Though. Okay. And then you have uh, Feliciano in Andy's section. Curios, uh, Dustin Brown, Ben Pear. Still, I see Murray getting through with little drama. Although, after this Brexit thing, he just might throw in the towel. It would be pretty cool to get a Kyrgios-Dustin Brown third round. Mm-hmm. And then, 
if we get that match, we then go on to probably get Kyrios and Dimari. Well, maybe, maybe, maybe. Feliciano, maybe. Feliciano loves the grass. Maybe, and then maybe a Kyrios or Murray against Songa. Mm-hmm. And then maybe the winner of that against Team in the semis. So this could be the half of the draw that gets you all the exciting matches. Right. Right throughout. Which is uh, what I'm a little afraid of because I want someone in the final who has a chance against Djokovic. Well, you're you know? assuming he'll get there. Right. But you have to assume with him. Okay. I think Mari, Mari on grass has the best chance to beat Novak in the final. Mm-hmm. Historically speaking, he's beaten him before on grass. Right. He, His one Wimbledon title, he beat Novak. Yeah. And they have less opportunity to play each other on grass. And so Novak hasn't had that look of playing Andy every year at the Australian Open on the same court. Mm-hmm. You know, playing him on center court Wimbledon with the British crowd behind Murray is a totally different right. thing. And you know it's going to piss off Novak, you know. It will be an absolute shit show. <laughs> and I'm I'm looking for it. I want to see... Okay. This is the one time I want to see that Murray-Djokovic final. Mm. And if it doesn't happen for Murray in this, ta- in this instance, this time, center court Wimbledon, then I just want to retire that matchup forever. <laughs> yes, please. So we each made these lists of five players with a shot. That was your idea. Okay. So rather than, you know, predicting who's going to win, we each have a top five. So I'll start. My women's top five. I don't know if it's necessarily a top five, but just five women that you or five players that you wouldn't be surprised if they won. Okay. That have a chance. Yeah. So I have Serena, Venus, Muguruza, Kvitova. And Madison Keys. Okay. And not necessarily in that order. And I'm going to diverge from you in two ways. Okay. I have Serena Venus, Muguruza as well. Mm-hmm. And then I have Radvanska. And I also have Pliskova, which should okay. come as no surprise right. based on how this episode has gone. Mm-hmm. Right. Then on the men's side, I have Novak, Andy, Dominic Team, Raunich, and uh, <laughs> Nick Kyrgios. <laughs> Wow. Wow. So this is very different, actually. I have Novak, Andy, Roger, the usual suspects, and then my Frenchies, Songa and Monfils. You just can't help yourself. No. I feel like if I pick Songa enough, one day it'll just happen. Maybe in the uh, over 45s in a couple of years. That is so <laughs> rude. I did want to touch on the women's rankings a little because things are getting... A little, well, I don't want to say dicey, but a little closer than I would have hoped. Mm-hmm. Based on how bullish you were right. a few months ago. Since Serena failed to defend her points at Roland Garros, she has 83.30. Muguruza is at number two with about, what, 1,600 fewer points than Serena. She has 67.12. Luckily so, for Serena, though... Muguruza is defending finals points. Right. And Radvanska is defending semifinals points. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, Muguruza were to win the title and Serena maybe reached the final, I'm not good at math. Would that put, that wouldn't put Muguruza at one. She's safe. But it would get them very, very Very, close. Very, very close. Yes. So I think she's safe through this tournament. However, moving forward, I don't know. I mean, Serena is going to be playing the Olympics. She'd was a finalist in Toronto last year. 
and one Cincinnati, right? Wasn't she a semifinalist in Toronto? Didn't Benchich beat her in the semis? Oh, you're right. That was a Saturday night. Yeah. Yeah, with the fireworks mm-hmm. and Drake and everything. Yeah, semifinalist in Toronto. And she didn't play at all in the fall. So if she gets through this tournament and hopefully wins, I think she's well positioned to keep that ranking. Well, what you're concerned about is the consecutive yes. at this point. Yes. And you remember, Muguruza had a very, very strong fall season. So she has a lot of points to defend. Mm-hmm. Now, w- something that was rather alarming is that Petrik Vidova is down to number 10. Yeah, that seems all kinds of wrong. Yeah, and Bencic went from, what, 8 to now she's at 13. And so after before Azarenka pulled out, I was very pissed off. And it was not pissed off at anyone in general, but Venus was going to miss out at number 8. While Benchich, in real time, is down here languishing at number 13. But she managed to hang on to that top eight seating because of the timing, right? That's just the cutoff time. That's just how it works. works. But, okay, so the women's seeds at Wimbledon lately have been sticking completely to the WTA rankings. And from what I understand, they still reserve the right to adjust the women's rankings, like, based on their discretion, but they haven't recently. You remember in 2005, when Venus won the title, she was ranked 16, and they bumped her up to 14. So it wasn't a a big difference. But those differences can matter. Whereas it's different on the men's side. They have a bit of a formula that they put together to come up with their rankings. Right. And it worked out in Richard Gasquet's favor this year. Mm -hmm. So if you're curious, the formula is the current ATP points. If I'm curious? Curious. Curious, okay. The current ATP points plus your points from last year's grass court results plus 75% of your grass court, your best grass court result two years ago. Which worked out for Gasquet because he's defending semifinal points from last year. Right. And who that did not benefit was Tomasz Berdyk. Mm-hmm. Because he, based on the rankings and Nadal's withdrawal... Oh... Oh, I thought we were going to go through the whole thing without talking about that. Oh. (laughs) Based on Nadal's withdrawal, Berdyk would have been number eight. Mm -hmm. And so he's bumped into the 16s now because of this formula. And stuck in a section with team. Yeah. We hope to see Nadal this summer. According to his doctors, he's supposed to be playing Toronto. Right. And Toronto happens before the Olympics, so if he's still aiming to carry that flag for España, he's going to need a little bit of a warm-up, and it's coming in Toronto, and mm-hmm. I'll be there waiting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't a big surprise that he pulled out of Wimbledon. No, there's I just mean, no way it was going to happen. No. And it wouldn't have been smart either. Like, the results just haven't been there in the last few years on grass. Why no. bother? So we're optimistic for seeing him at the Olympics, and maybe maybe we'll encounter him in Toronto this year. Maybe. Because we'll be there. Madison Keys is a top 10 baller. Yo, Madison Keys. Yo. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this is what we've been told for so long, that this was going to happen, and she's found that gummy berry juice of consistency, winning Birmingham, and here she is. Three American women inside the top 10. There's this crazy statistic that she was the first U.S. woman birthed 
into the WTA <laughs> top 10 since Serena Jamika Williams mm-hmm. in 1999. That is so crazy. 17 years ago. I read about that in your This Week in Tennis. Mm-hmm. I didn't come up with that stuff. <laughs> right. I right. gleaned it elsewhere on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> it's not copyrighted, okay? Okay. <laughs> Should we talk about um, Super Coach's messy, messy comments? Yeah, because... I've just about had it with Patrick Morataglu. I don't know why he has to be all over the place, giving all of his two cents to everybody. You know why. He's an egomaniac. Because he's a diva. He's an egomaniac. Yeah. And I'm not one of those people... This thing is twofold. Like I think he's 100% perfect for Serena and her career. Mm. You know, like, they fit, like, unlike OJ and his glove. Like, they fit perfectly. (laughs) But that don't mean that he's immune from my criticisms. Like, I don't know why he needs to be stepping out, out of line, to be talking about everybody else's business. No, he's... Like, why are you all up in everybody else's business? He's always just so messy. Yeah. It's like, shut up. Who cares? I mean, people care what he thinks. That's why he keeps getting interviewed. Like, if you're giving me inside stuff into what's going on with Serena and she's okay with that, fine. Give me Mm -hmm. that. But don't be stepping out to be talking about Andy Murray and Emily Moresmo. In such a fucked up way. Like, like come on. Do I give a shit what you think? Uh, Andy Murray chose her two years ago. Why do I care what you think now? Right. You know? Like, and Because he thinks that the fact that they didn't win a Grand Slam together means that it was a failure. Mm-hmm. Right? That's what it is. Right. Like, he at least had the good sense to not speak up about it while they were together. To then right. be cast aside as a sexist pig. Mm-hmm. Right? But the fact that he said... Emily just doesn't understand men's tennis because she's a woman. Like, dude, you coach women's tennis and you're a man. Did that irony fail to dawn on him? I mean, apparently he thinks that women's tennis is very simple and easy for anyone to master. So that's why, you know. If you've played professional soccer, you'd be a perfect youth coach. Like, you don't need any credentials. Go coach the women's national team. Right? You know. (laughs) Utterly ridiculous. And then... He's got to be out here saying, oh, Sharapova got what she deserved or whatever. Like, Serena has been very diplomatic about it. Except for that one Instagram video where she's dancing and dancing around to some song about popping pills. Well, yeah, that was the definition of shade (laughs) because it was subtle. And it's... She didn't have to say anything. And it fits with the tenor of their relationship and career. Fine, you know. Right. Take your shots here and there. But like... To quote Nene Leakes, why all up in women's business? Oh, no. <laughs> Which I do not agree with Nene Leakes no, in that situation. No, 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 it just no. came to mind as the perfect kind of... Peter's a bitch. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> no, that shit was so bad. Unreal so ridiculous. Sweats, and it went on for way too long. But I would say, like, Patrick, nobody asked you. But clearly somebody, somebody did, did ask yeah. you. And... But if somebody asks, you can give, you know, thoughtful, intelligent, Mm -hmm. non-chauvinistic responses. No, but Patrick, he doesn't know how to respond, like, with a half-truth. I think whatever is in his head just comes out. No, but he believes it to be true. Oh, okay. You know? Men and their opinions. That's what it boils down to. (laughs) Like, he feels everybody should be entitled to what he thinks. Let's speak about men in a more positive thirstful way celebratory even yes because you know we had a segment about thirst trap and how you had said that 
Verdasco's Instagram is the ultimate thirst trap. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, one Monaco, Mr. Pico, he, I think, has snatched that crown. Oh, yeah. Oh. Because Verdasco is just a little bit too in your face with it. You know, just like all oh, those gays, yeah. they're just in your yeah. face with it. Whereas Pico <laughs> is so damn subtle, but not. I would say he has been subtle. He's more, unt- cla- he's until more classy now. about it. You know? <laughs> like Madonna and Janet. Oh my you god. <laughs> so there is Pico Monaco tweeting with him on the massage table with things covered ever so right. slightly and getting like an ass massage. And with his freaking tricep in your face, right in the camera, like the foreground. And he's just smiling at you. Like, come on. Like, thank you, but come on. (laughs) (laughs) No, there's no come on. Just just thank you. Just thank you. (laughs) And keep it coming. Yeah. I would say that Pico's thirstfulness, or what, what is it called when you inspire thirst? You are a thirst mongerer. Anyway, his aesthetic is more naturalistic. It's like, here I am with my bro, and we're walking shirtless down a boardwalk. Yeah. You know, Verdasco is like... Sun-kissed by the sunset. Right. And like, this is the body that God gave me. And... I haven't worked at it at all. Just look at it. Right. And so that's what I feel about Monaco, is that he's just blessed. Mm-hmm. Now, with Verdasco, his photos are, like, very posed. He's a tryhard. Like, and, you he... know, like, he has his girlfriend wax me and then take my photo in the pool. Like, the other know? five attempts have been discarded. This is the one he's right. handpicked. Yeah. Like, it's just after he's gone to the gym or in the gym, you mm-hmm. know, so he's raging and bulging yeah. as much as possible. He did, like, 50 push-ups right before you took the picture. Oh, my God. I mean, still hot. Don't get me I wrong. Disagree. Still hot. But Monaco is more natural about it. Mm. So that, maybe this will become a recurring, seg- like a little ditty that we do, or thirst trap of the week. Yeah. And for this week, it's Pico Monaco. I mean, you should comment on those things that you have expertise in, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's everything, unless you have anything to add. I'm happy that we've kept this episode shorter than most. Yeah, I'm. I love Wimbledon. It's my favorite major. I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, the grass season goes by way too quickly. Uh huh. I just please keep the rain to a minimum. Haven't we suffered enough? We got a roof now. Okay, that's true. So there will always be tennis every day. Right. Unlike at Roland Garros. (laughs) It just might be like a match you don't care about. Yeah, but you you go to Wimbledon or Wimbledon starts with you expecting rain delays, Mm -hmm. right? I just feel like I've been rained out. Right. It wasn't For like supposed a to month happen and a half in Paris. Yeah. yeah. And so let's just have some sunshine. Yeah. And like, hasn't the UK suffered enough? I mean, like, this is one hell of a political situation for this tournament mm-hmm. to get underway in yeah. the midst of. You know, Parliament is not obligated to vote with I know, the referendum. You but know. that could create... You're right. A whole, there's just going to be a lot of chaos mm-hmm. for the next however long before this is all sorted. Hashtag mess. <laughs> As always, give us a review on iTunes. You can find the podcast on Twitter at the Body Serve. I'm Jonathan, and I'm at SportsCribeCA. And I'm James, and I'm at Elliot JMR. Two L's, two T's. Till next time.